What's up, everybody? My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you are tuned in to Kind of Neat. Thank you guys for tuning in, as always. Uh, you know the drill. If you are a weekly listener and you're listening right now and you have a strange, guilty sensation tingling up the spine, up to the nape of your neck, and the little hairs on your neck are standing up because you just feel guilty, uh, you should go ahead and go to patreon.com slash kind of neat because that probably means that you are listening and leeching um, and not pledging. Go pledge. Pledge a dollar an episode. Uh, you don't have to, but I want you to. I want you to because we're friends. I want you to because I tell you everything about myself and about these musicians and you don't, you haven't done nothing for me. I'm just kidding. You guys do everything for me, but just go to patreon.com slash kind of neat pledge a dollar per episode that is four dollars a month approximately and uh it keeps the lights on around here it's like buying me a coffee every month and uh it helps it helps us it just helps our plight it gets us paid for this thing that we do out of love uh at that at this point if you are tuned in and you're a night lavelle fan and you're tuning in for the first time welcome i hope you guys enjoy the podcast um just an fyi you can fast forward until you hear a beat when you hear a beat drop Hold on, there are sirens. That's how you know this podcast is real as fuck because there's sirens. Um, if you uh, hear a beat as you fast forward, that's when the interview is going to start. Knight Lavelle is a uh, he's a nice young gentleman of 19 out of Ottawa, Canada, and um, he makes dark underground rap music. And it's dope. He's got a really good ear for beats. His newest project that came out in June called Red Teenage Melody is a very easy listen. It uh, breezes right by and uh, it is enjoyable. Speaking of breezes, I just have a few short stories and things to shout out. First thing I want to shout out is um, speaking of breezes, Breezy Lovejoy and formerly known as Breezy Lovejoy, now known as Anderson Pack, just put out Yes Law, the no war, the, the, um, the No Worries Project with him and Knowledge. And if you guys remember, uh, about two years ago, we put out a video for Suede that we had to take down because it was just not the right time yet. And this is the record that it's on. And I got to tell you, it's crazy that it came out two years later, but it was worth the wait. The record is absolutely amazing. So um, Anderson Pack, Yes Lod with, um, with No Worries, go fucking check that out. I have had it on repeat. It's really cool, like, to see um, this dude that I met so long ago who I was like, always on some, like, so talented, so much potential, like, is going to be amazing to now being able to just see him be amazing is fucking awesome. Like, this is a fully realized project, and it is so good. Um, other than that, another a, a funny thing that I wanted to talk to you about real quickly was um, the iOS 10 update has been fucking with me in that um, I keep accidentally sending like weird horny t- texts to like rappers that I'm trying to get on the show and it's kind of fucking me up. And the reason being is that with the update now, um, when you get a text, you know, it pops up in that pop up window like on top of everything and you can kind of click that and respond and whatever, whatever. And so you can be texting with someone back and forth in that little window for like a long period of time. But then if you want to like, if you like want to send a text back to them after you've already responded in that window and you open your phone and go to the messages app and it sometimes will automatically open to the last person that you texted in app. So 
even though I've been like at some points I'll have been texting back and forth with my girl on that window um, for like, you know, 10 minutes or something. And then I have another thought or something that I want to send and I'll open the fucking app and then just send a text message and it'll accidentally go to somebody else. And that's happened to me a few times just in general. But there are two funny times where like I accidentally sent some rappers um, like I sent somebody a um drawing it was like you know how you can draw on the app now so i tried to draw a drawing of like you know when you stick your fingers up in the a-ok sign like everything's a-ok and then you have the little finger pointed at it and so it, it makes like a vulgar gesture um i was trying to sexually harass my girlfriend like that by by making that but i did it as a drawing and it ended up looking like uh it ended up looking like a fucking chicken sucking a dick or something. Like it looked like a rooster with a dick in its mouth. It was really, it was a terrible drawing. I'm not going to lie. It was a horrible drawing, but I accidentally ended up sending it um, to a rapper and I was like, oh shit, my bad dude. Like I was supposed to go to my girl, but it was like, you know, the app had fucked with me and that, that was the last person I had texted. And then even or like in app, even though on the outside I had been texting her back and forth. So that was one, and I was, like, very embarrassed, and thankfully he was understanding, like, oh, no, don't worry about it, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And, um, and then it happened another time where she's texting me in the bubble, blah-blah-blah, we're going back and forth, and she says something, like, uh, you know, kind of cheeky or whatever, and I said, oh, my God, you're so horny, like, as a joke, like, as a sarcastic joke, um, n- not as, like, a ser- not as a serious sext or anything, um... And I accidentally sent it to Rob Stone <laughs> and it was like when he was on the way to the studio and I'm like, I, and I had talked to him before previously and I think he knew that I'm not like a sus boy or anything like that, but it was like, uh, it, it was like, f- he didn't respond fast enough to where it was like, LOL, no big deal. Like, I, like it lingered for a while and, and it was with invisible ink. And if you have that, that iPhone update and you, you know, the invisible ink, you have to like touch it to reveal the message. So like immediately after it was like, I'm like mortified, like, oh, fuck, man, I'm sorry. I was supposed to send that. To, I was trying to send that to my girl. I like did not mean to send that to you. My bad. And, uh, you know, hope everything's cool. For, it was like while he was on the way to the studio. So I'm like, oh, I hope everything's cool. Like, da, 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 da. And he's like didn't respond for like 20 minutes and i'm thinking like oh fuck like i hope that didn't like weird him out he's not gonna come now and uh he responded back afterwards like lol you're straight don't worry about it um but it was just a funny moment and that like keeps consistently happening to me and so i'm very worried that at some point i'm gonna be having a text message with somebody and then want to talk shit about that text message to somebody else and i'll accidentally end up sending the shit talking person is text to the person that uh, I'm talking shit about or something because that's just the kind of asshole that I am uh, and I wouldn't put it past myself. So if you have iOS 10, be careful because that new text messaging update will fuck with you. Um, what else happened? Oh, I have a funny story about my friend Adam from uh, Ham on Everything that he didn't want me to tweet about. Um, and like he told me to delete the tweet, but I'm going to do it here because I know he doesn't listen to the podcast and it's fine. So don't tweet at him about this. But... Um, He's been doing this MTV Wonderland thing where he's uh, MTV kind of uh, has him help out with getting the crowd to show up because, of course, Ham on Everything is like super um, has super popping crowds show up and they're doing a live performance thing on MTV called Wonderland that they want, you know, legitimate looking L.A. fun havers to come through. Um, So 
he's at Wonderland last week and Steve Aoki was the guest and Steve Aoki brought like a ton of people. Um, I love McConan and Blink-182 and uh, Little John and all these people. And so it's like all these legends in the house just walking around Wonderland and shit Um, because it's like this big city block in L.A. that they shut down. And so at one point I'm there helping out and um, Adam posts this picture on Instagram with just him and some like random middle-aged white dude with a mohawk who I had seen walking backstage previously and was like oh that's and i was like oh no that's not somebody so um adam ends up posting a picture with that guy and i'm like i just saw that guy backstage and that's like not anybody i'm like and then i read his comments and they're all going like oh my god so jealous he didn't tag anybody in it so i didn't know like there was no caption and no tag and um people are going like oh my god so jealous like oh i wish i was there oh i can't believe you got a picture with him and i'm going who the fuck is that guy so i text adam and i'm like yo Who's that guy on Instagram you just posted? And he goes, uh, it's Mark Hoppus, dude. <laughs> and I'm like, we just photographed Mark Hoppus like last December or something. I have a pretty good idea of what he looks like in real life. And, um, and you know, and I'm like, that's not Mark Hoppus. And he goes, yeah, it is. And I'm like, unless he got like some kind of major plastic surgery over the last fucking eight months, like that's not Mark Hoppus, I swear to you. And he sends me a screen cap of like a bunch of google image searches of like the like when you google image search mark hoppus he sends me the screen cap of that and i go yeah dude those aren't the same people and then i go to his mark hoppus's instagram and i look at the last picture that he posted which was from the day before and i screen cap that and send and i say look that's not the same dude his hair's black you know and he doesn't have a fucking mohawk and he's like no dude i swear it's him and i go and then finally he sent one more picture of mark hoppus to try and prove that it was mark hoppus and it was the nail in the coffin because um there was a clear picture of both of their ears or of his, of mark hoppus's ears and no earrings and the guy in the picture happened to be wearing like real big hoop earrings and i said dude look at his ears there's no fucking earrings like that's not mark hoppus like that's just a random dude you asked to take a picture with and he's like oh fuck i'm gonna delete it now so <laughs> it just speaks to the power of the fact that um I, well i don't know what it speaks to the power of the fact of anything to be honest i just was like saying something random and that made no sense but uh it, it's hilarious to me that people just assumed that since he was at a show where blink 182 was gonna be that that they're all like oh my god i'm jealous of that guy who i'm assuming is mark Hobbs, but i have no fucking idea and it was just also funny that adam was like oh well there's here's this random like punk rock looking dude backstage must be mark Hobbs." even though I clearly know that Adam knows what Mark Hoppus looks like. And so then um, he had made the mistake of like sending me the the, the picture um, of the dude in my text message. So I tried to format it as a tweet that I thought was hilarious. And he was like instantly, man, delete that tweet, please, man. So Adam, if this gets back to you, the fact of the matter is you got to laugh at yourself because that shit was pretty funny to me. Um, what else? I covered those two things. Oh, another thing. Uh, I'm going camping this weekend. Uh, which I'm very excited about. I know that I am getting obnoxious, and in every intro I'm talking about my girl this, my girl that. It's a new thing for me to have a girlfriend that I speak openly about, man, so I'm pretty hyped. Uh, But it's her birthday week this week, um, and I, as a gift, bought a camping setup because she likes camping and i've and i like camping and i haven't gone camping in forever so i haven't didn't have any camping gear so i fucking bought a tent and a couple sleeping bags and some pads like sleeping pads and you know all kinds of manly shit fucking twine and lanterns and 
all kinds of stuff. And we are going to take a seven hour drive and go camping. Um, and I'm looking forward to that because I grew up camping a lot, but I kind of also realized, oh, whoops, as when I was camping as a kid, I was never the guy setting anything up because I was like anywhere between the ages of eight and 16 and was with adults, you know? So I've, I had never been the guy actually setting up the tent. I was just the one enjoying the campfire and stuff like that. So I've been obsessing. I obsess over things. And so I've been uh, like just going down a wormhole of like camping videos on YouTube of like how to tie various knots and set up a ridge line and like what to do if it starts raining, how to guy line your tent, all this stuff. And like I got to say, YouTube has made me like an excellent survival survivalist all of a sudden. And I think that I might end up on Naked and Afraid or something because your boy – is tying up them knots around these bands, uh, even though I never was a Cub Scout. Uh, but, yeah, so I'm going camping, and I couldn't be more excited. We leave tomorrow, and I'm really hyped, and I think that it's going to be, like, a new hobby of mine because I always turn random shit into hobbies that I'm overly obsessed with. So that's going to be my new shit. Uh, and then the last thing is, uh, also on the travel tip, I bought tickets to Japan. Uh, I am so fucking excited to go snowboarding in Japan. My friend Dylan from Australia that I met on a photo shoot, um, we've just kept in contact. He's a real good dude. And he happens to have a, a mate, a, a mite that lives out in Japan who like, um, owns a hotel in Japan, uh, at the bottom of a snowboard mountain, uh, at the bottom of a mountain that people use recreational for recreationally for skiing and snowboarding and um he has been hyping it up because we went to mammoth last year if you guys have been listening for a long time then you know like i went to mammoth in january and it was with dylan and dom and other people that i associate with and um and it was fun and we've always been talking about like oh he's been talking about you gotta go to japan snowboard is the best snowboarding ever it's the best snowboarding and um last year to tie this all in a pretty bow, I was on a camping photo shoot with a bunch of pro snowboarders for a company and was talking to them. It was like Mark McMorris and Zach Hale and these like real world-class snowboard dudes. Um, and um, I was like, where's the best snow at? And all of them were like, you got to go to Japan. It's the best. That's the best snow I've ever uh, ever ridden in the world. And so then Dylan's telling me like, oh, you got to go to Japan. It's the best. I have a mate that has a fucking hotel. We could stay out there for free. And so we've been talking about that for almost two years, and I finally booked the tickets going in February. And you won't believe this, but I got the tickets for only $70. Um, the round trip, it only cost me 25,000 um, airline miles and, and about, um, I don't know, 30-something dollars each way. So it came out to 50,000 airline miles and $70. So I'm basically getting a free flight to Japan and staying there for free and then from what he's told me the lift tickets are only about 30 usd and and you get a lunch voucher with that so i'll get to snowboard all day for fucking 30 bucks and get a amazing japanese lunch and i'm thinking that i'm going to be able to pull off a full like nine days in japan for under 500 bucks and i couldn't see myself passing up a deal like that so i'm not usually much of a traveler unless i'm working like i like to travel for work but i have never been much of a just like I do, I've never had a lot of wanderlust as far as like get out there and see the world but I have always wanted to go to Japan um, I've had a, an infatuation with Japan for a long time um, but I also like love snowboarding and so I get to kill two birds with one stone and go out there to hopefully experience some really great riding uh, and that is the summary of everything that has been happening in my life up to date um 
I'm trying to think if I missed anything. I don't think I did. So I'm going to get into my conversation with Knight Lavelle. Like I said, if it's your first time uh, coming to the to the podcast, thank you guys. I hope you stick around. We got a lot of other good interviews you can go back and listen to, like the one last week with Wickaphase uh, or Wi-Fi's funeral previously. Like. I feel like we've been on a roll and I'm really happy and inspired right now with the guests that we've been having. Um, and I'm really enjoying kind of, um, delving farther into new rap scenes that I was not as familiar with previously. Um, so without further ado, here is my conversation with Knight Lavelle. But yeah, like we were just kind of talking about outside, you, I had you booked f- like when the night and day, or the day and night festival was going on, but you didn't get into the states. What happened? Yeah, so we got to the border, and then like since I didn't have my visa, they like okay, I made the mistake last time. What I'd do before I got my visa is I'd try to like sneak into the states. I'd just say I'm going to visit and some shit. What's it, like a work visa? Yeah, like a P two visa, like the some temporary type of. Yeah. Can I swear on this? Can I swear? Yeah, on? yeah. Okay, so some temporary visa. So. I made the mistake last time I had a New York show. I said I was going for a show and then that just fucked everything up. So ever since then, they they found my like SoundCloud. They found my Instagram. So for day and night, I said I was just going to visit. And then they're like, well, we see you're going for a show on your Instagram. And I was like, fuck. So they said, they said, do you have proof that you're not getting paid? And I was like, no. And then they just denied me like right there. I had to go go back home. So the feds are like really watching your social media. Yeah, bro. I didn't know that. It sucks. I didn't even know it was like that. That's real crazy. It sucks, man. So how'd you work it out this time? So, I mean, like the visa, it's, it's a fucked up process. Like it took a little while, but it was worth it to, cause we needed it to come. So, right. I don't know, it took like two weeks to get, it took two weeks to send in the application or some bullshit and then like another two weeks to get it back and then you had to wait for it to get approved, a whole bunch of shit. But as soon as we came back, we started on it and got it in time for nice. this. So I'm good now for like a month until I get my permanent one. Fantastic. Because right now you're on tour. Yeah, exactly. Is this your first headlining tour? First, yeah, first American, like North American headlining tour. Yeah. 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 How's it going so it's far? It's good. It's good, man. Like I feel like... California is like my favorite. I haven't even been to like the other places, but I feel like California is my favorite out of it already. California has a, it attracts artists. Yeah, for it's, sure. It's definitely just conducive to artist vibes because exactly. it's, it's good weather. Exactly. And it's, there's a lot of creatives here and it keeps people happy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Do you, you ever see yourself moving here? Um, there you go. I mean, like, if I get rich as fuck one day, I might buy a house out here, but right. I feel like I can't live anywhere else but home. Like, it's just nah. and home is in Manitoba. No, Where's home's home? Ottawa. Ottawa. So it's like it's like four hours from Toronto. You okay. obviously know where Toronto. Yeah, I know where yeah. Toronto is. It's like two hours from Montreal. Okay, it's the capital of Canada. Ca- oh, okay, yeah, the capital city. Yeah. Is it? Is it? But it's much smaller than Toronto. Yeah, it's like Toronto. Like has like a four million population. Maybe Ottawa's like one mil. Mm-hmm. So it's like yeah, it's it's pretty small. Yeah. Um, how did the family end up in Ottawa? So my mom is from Saint Lucia. In the Caribbean. Okay. One of the islands. It's close to like Barbados. Yeah. She moved here when she was 12. My dad moved here when he was 16, maybe from Jamaica. Yeah. And they met. I, th- I feel like they have the same birthday. It's like a funny story. So like they have the same birthday and that's why they started talking or some shit. Hey, that's the, that's the key that's though. What, that's what this tattoo is right here. Oh, that's, the, that, that's, that's their, their birthday. birthday. Yeah, five, yeah, yeah. May 28th. Yeah. Okay. So they have the same birthday and then they started talking and then they, and then they moved 
My mom, no, no, okay. So my dad. When you say moved here, you mean to Canada? Yeah. Okay. So moved to Canada. Yeah. They moved to Ottawa together. Yeah. They had me, and then my dad lives in Toronto now. Uh, and my mom still lives in Ottawa. Okay. So they split up, but they're still cool. Like, they still talk to each other. So both of them have, like, thick Caribbean accents? No, because my mom moved to Canada when she was 12. Right. So, so she lost like, it. Exactly. Like, she can, like, do it. Like, if she calls people back home, she'll, like, switch it. Yeah. But, like, she doesn't really have an accent anymore. But your dad does? He can too, but yeah. like when he makes music, like now he'll switch to his like Jamaican accent, but he can talk like any normal like Canadian. Which is so funny because listening to you talk, I feel like it's that it's that like half Canadian accent, half yeah, patois. Some accent people that, like, say that. Drake I don't notice it. Impersonate. <laughs> yeah. it's like that. That's like the whole could, Canada thing. Yeah, right? yeah. You you would be really good at being like cock up your boom yeah. pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the whole Canadian thing. Like. It's because there's, there's a so big many island influence exactly, out there, right? Exactly. So that's why everyone kind of we adopt that slang and like mm-hmm. everyone throws that in the vocabulary and shit like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. What did they move out here for? Like just the families? Came? I feel like um, for better. I mean, for better, probably like opportunities and stuff. Yeah. Like my family kind of. My mom's the only one that really like is open-minded to me like making music and not going to school because the whole reason like my grandma and my mom moved here is for better opportunities for children like any typical like you know what i mean yeah so i don't know my mom like they don't really they don't under like my like aunts and stuff they don't really understand like what i'm doing really like they don't understand that you can actually make a living right off, you know what i mean but right. i guess it's just a matter of time before. well and you have a really good jump start at it obviously yeah. like it caught on it seems to be catching on pretty fucking quick yeah yeah right like so do they is there times that they see stuff happening with you where they're like oh yeah i get it like this exactly is really working it's kind of like when i when i tell them i'm going on tour then they're like oh well i guess he's going on tour for a reason like people actually listen to his i feel like now they're starting to see like slowly now right this tour started right oh I, yeah i yeah i always wonder about that like with the context of it like because i get it when when parents would be concerned if it's because it's clear when it's not working exactly. but at the same time when it is working it might not make sense to that older generation yeah and there's that i look at your numbers and i'm like oh this is like working like this cool this kid's already got a career yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. and like there's that and there's like my mom's the type of like she's cool because like I mean, it's working, but even if it wasn't working, as long as I love it, she's happy that I, you know what I mean? Yeah, so it doesn't really good. matter that it's working or not. As long as I love what I'm doing, she's happy. So. Right, right. Um, do you get to go back to the islands and visit? I've, I, ha- I do. I haven't been to, I haven't been to Jamaica yet, but really? I've been to St. Lucia where my mom's from. Yeah. But that was like years ago, like maybe like seven years ago or something. Wh- what was it like? It was good, bro. It was good. Joey Badass is also... His parents are from St. Louis, too. He shot a video there. I was going to go back to shoot a video, but he already stole my idea, so I can't <laughs> even do that shit anymore. God damn you, Joey Badass. But yeah, St. Lucia is really nice. It's right, really nice. Yeah. Right, Um So how did they decide on Ottawa? Do you know? It's, I, I actually don't know. At the start, like, I feel like... Because everyone that usually... Okay, all the Caribbean people that move to Canada always go to Toronto Mm -hmm. and Vancouver. There's a lot of Asians in Vancouver too, but it's usually Toronto and Vancouver. So I always ask my mom like why she came to Ottawa and stuff. Mm -hmm. She always said it was because it was like a safer place. Mm. And I used to, I used to get like, I used to be like bummed because like I thought Toronto was always the better place and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I guess it worked out in a sense because like I'm helping Ottawa become something that it like never really was. You know what I mean? So I guess it worked out for the best that... Right, because I, I hear the term Ottawa, and I just think of, like, the woods yeah, and hockey. I, I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? A lot, I mean, it's it pretty much, like, that, for the most part, that's basically what right. it is. But Well, but then I hear your music, exactly. and I see your videos, yeah. and I see this, like, 
weird, dark rap scene happening exactly. like, where you're utilizing the fact that it's like woods and cold and exactly. it like reflects in yeah. your music. It's all about using it. Like it's all about putting on where you're from. Like there's so the thing about Ottawa, like Canada in general is like Toronto's like the, <clears throat> that's like the New York, you know what I mean? Right. Like I feel and like Vancouver's like the LA. Exactly. So like back in the, back in the day, I guess like, like early two thousands, people would move, like if they lived in Ottawa, they'd move to Toronto because like there was better opportunities right. and stuff. Right. But now because of the internet, like you really don't have to right. do that shit. You know what I mean? So Yeah, you can yeah. thrive and become a national hero from exactly. like wherever you're exactly. at. Exactly. So because of that, like no one from Ottawa like there's people from Ottawa, but then they move to Toronto and then they like they claim they live in Toronto now and shit like you know what I mean? Uh-huh. I just want to be the one that stays in Ottawa and does everything from where I'm from and puts my city on to help it become better. Because right. everyone just leaves it and then it just right. stays in the same place. Is is Cadence Weapon from Ottawa? Kate who? Okay, never mind. That's, a, that's a that's a rapper from like my generation. I yeah, feel yeah. like there's a dude named Cadence Weapon who like used to get mad pitchfork love, and I knew him just through internet forums. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he was from Ottawa, but maybe, I'm not sure. Maybe. Anyway, sorry, yeah, yeah. he's a half generation older than you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, so uh, I. I People on the podcast are sick of me hearing saying this, I'm sure, but I'm from Alaska. <clears throat> You're so, from Alaska? Yeah, I'm from Alaska. So I grew up in the cold and in a small-ish town as well, a small, much smaller town than Ottawa, I'm sure. But uh, what are the winters like? For, because I don't think a lot of people get to experience that. Winter in Canada in general is fucked up. Right. It's worse in Ottawa because we live in a valley, so right. everything's just exaggerated. But mm-hmm. yeah, we get... The weather gets... You guys use Fahrenheit. Yeah. In I, Celsius, it's like... My, like We get to up to minus 30, minus 40. Well, and at minus something. 40, that's when they even out. Exactly. So yeah. my hometown would get to minus 40 okay, for yeah. 10 days straight, and we call that a deep freeze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's when Fahrenheit and Celsius meet up at negative 40. Oh, so, okay, okay. So negative 40 in Celsius that. is the same as Fahrenheit, and it's fucking cold. Yeah, it's cold. That, so that's that kind of cold weather where you go outside and you can throw a cup of hot water in the air and, and it, turns it just into turns... Ice. Exactly. Yeah. I've done that shit so many times. Yeah, so. same, dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, oh god! Yeah, I remember just like going outside and doing that and trying to pee outside to see if it would do that. You know what I mean? Like, will it just turn into fucking ice? <laughs> yeah, crystals? exactly. It's exactly. crazy. <laughs> no. um, how was that on your mentality as a kid? The winter? Yeah, I feel like it helps because you kind of. Oh, it like, helped you? Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, no one goes outside in the winter, right? It like changes your mood and it yeah. brings out different types of. You know what I mean? Like, are you guys a place where it's dark most of the time in the winter too? No, no, no. Okay. It's, it's it's pretty. No, I mean, it gets dark early in the day. Yeah. But like not all day. Okay. But yeah. I guess See, we. I grew in Alaska. It's above. It's like w- almost by the Arctic Circle where I was at, and so it's like um, during the winter we only get like two and a half hours of sunlight. Are you serious? Yeah. So that on top of the cold weather leads yeah. to so much depression. Yeah. So I was wondering if you guys go through that. With I mean, like, the, yeah. It like depression could work out yeah. in means of like creative stuff i mean but yeah i don't i don't like i've never i don't really go out that much in the winter so i'm yeah. always like in my house like figuring out what i want to like write or make a beat or something yeah, right. it just helps me so. right totally because it may, it forces you to have nothing exactly. to do with i feel work. like the sunlight as good as it is it's kind of like the devil in a sense because you just want to go out and then like you forget like what like your job is and shit like like you know right. what I mean? you just enjoy it too much and then right. you need something to like ground you and like bring you back to totally right and right so um what were you into as a kid then when you're in school? Were you already a writer and an artist and stuff from an early age? I was into like video games and like I was a heavy gamer. Like, so you were already down with just staying inside of all the time, bro. Yeah. All the time. Like, my mom would get mad at me. Like, I, I didn't go out. Like, I'd stay inside. I'd come home from school, go straight to my room, play video games. Uh-huh. I'd leave my room to get food, come back, play video games. Really? Like, I never went out. Like, I never, I was like an awkward, like, 
I always stayed inside. I didn't go out to parties. I didn't do like shit. I would have never guessed that. You seem like the most social I mean, type of dude. I, I didn't do shit. Really? Um, what is the first video game system that a 19 year old gets nowadays? Oh, uh, what was your first system? I, my first system was a Nintendo 64. I okay. Think. Yeah, Nintendo. I had like Mario Kart on there. Yeah. 007 or some shit. Oh yeah, Golden. I got it like used at some thrift store though. I was gonna say that seems like maybe an older system. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And then after that, I moved to like. Well, I got like. Um, like uh, Game Boys and stuff like that, right. and then after that, I got I moved on to the PS2, PS3. So got that's my, like, but that's the one that like really exactly. sucked you in with yeah, the PS2 exactly. and PS3. Exactly. What were your games? Call of Duty, okay. Modern Warfare 2, COD 4, Black Ops, Black Ops 2, like every every yeah. Call of Duty, like I had it, every single one. Okay, and so this might seem like a dumb question uh, to younger kids, but for me, like, we didn't grow up having video games where you could, like, talk to people online yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. So is it something <clears throat> where that's kind of, like, you you meet people that you keep in touch with? Like, when you're playing online Call of Duty, do you end up ever, like, meeting friends that you end up working yeah, with? Yeah, like I, <laughs> I had, like... I had this, like, clan yeah. on Call of Duty that right. I, like, added on Facebook. I mean, I kept in touch with them for a while, but after, like... After, like, I started stop to stop playing video games, we kind of just stopped talking. Right. There's a lot of people that I played video games with that I still have on Facebook and shit like that. Right, yeah. right. I was going to say, because it's one of those things where I've never I've never met somebody one, uh, through a video game, but now yeah. I hear of people, like, getting married yeah, through exactly, video games yeah. and shit. It's the internet, bro. Yeah. It's the internet. It's an amazing thing. Um, so, you say that your dad lives in Toronto now. What what age did they split up? Like when, Or, like, what oh, age were you? Shit, what? Um, I was... I don't even remember. I was a, like young, young, young. Yeah. And it might, I think he's, he's, when they split up, he stayed here for a bit. Uh-huh. And then, then he moved to Toronto. And now he has, I have two more sisters on his side. Okay. So, and I have a brother on his side. So you're the only child from those two, though. And yeah, okay. exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. So uh, are you close with your half siblings? Yeah. 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 Every time I go there, I'm with them. Cool. Yeah, yeah, of course. So do, uh, does that, is that something where you end up spending a lot of time in Toronto then back and forth? Yeah. I mean, like, I'll go there. I'll try to go there as much as I can. Mm hmm. And then spend time with my dad and shit. And then I have like a whole bunch of other family members on his side too that I spend time with. And my manager's from Toronto too. So I'm there even more for that. So yeah, I'm always in Toronto. How'd you meet your manager, Jonathan? The internet. Okay. So that that's also a funny story. He we were on Twitter. Yeah. And then someone like retweeted him or some shit. Yeah. And I DM'd him. I'm like, yo, what what are those jeans you have on in your picture? Uh-huh. And then he's like, those are some H and M jeans or some shit like that. Right. Ever since then, we started talking. Yeah. It wasn't any manager shit back then, but right. I was making beats back then. Uh-huh. And he'd always say my beats were sick and stuff. Uh-huh. This is when I didn't even like rap or anything. Right. And then I dropped my first like. I dropped Dark Light actually. I dropped that. Yeah. And then after that he's like, Yo, do you want to take this serious? I was like, Yeah, why not? And then after that he just started managing me. Nice. Ever since then. Yeah, I was gonna say like uh I, I deal with a lot of managers, I deal with a lot of people. I feel like you got a good one on your hands. I like Jonathan. He's he's a good dude. I feel like it has to be more of like a a personal relationship before any like manager type. You know what I mean? Right. That's what keeps everything together and strong. And even beyond that, just as a dude that like has to talk to so many managers he seems on top of it. Like yeah, he's yeah. so personable, and so, so a lot of managers can be assholes. Yeah, you know I know. I mean? so yeah, yeah. You got a good one. Good yeah, job. Yeah. Good, good pick. <laughs> um, has he moved to Ottawa? Or he still lives in Toronto. No, he still lives in Toronto. He still lives in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. So because of the internet, I guess everything's easier. Like it doesn't really. We do everything apart. So right, yeah, the internet makes everything easy. Um, so folks split at a young age, and you get into video games. What was your mom doing for work? She at that time, I don't even remember to be honest, and. 
she she works at the hospital now for food services. Okay. I think back then she was uh she worked at like Walmart or something like right. that, I think. And my dad is a web designer. Oh, he's, your dad's a web designer. Yeah, he still is to this day. Like he makes my websites and shit. Oh, sick. He made like the Mark Echo website, like no the watches. Way. And he, you know Ashanti? Yeah. Like, yeah, he made her website and really? a whole bunch of, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so your but your dad also used to be a musician, you yeah, were saying. Yeah, exactly. So when he stopped that, he kind of switched over to like the marketing web de- development type shit. And, right. And but he still gets to like kind of be involved in music it sounds like exactly in yeah a way. he wants to <clears throat> i think low-key what he wants to do is make some kind of like comeback yeah I, i'm sending him like a whole bunch of beats i think he's gonna make like a short comeback like ep or something no way yeah. that's tight yeah um you said his name his renegade. music name was renegade renegade yeah. and so um he was up in ottawa making music right yeah so he started making music in ottawa and during the time he lived in ottawa he moved to he was in like la making music he was in like Oakland making music, San Francisco. Then he got a job in San Francisco and kept making. He was all over the place. Yeah, yeah. So he loves the West Coast, like right. And so he moved down to LA for a while in Oakland. Yeah, you said. exactly. And how all long over. was he here for? I think like a few years. Yeah, a few years, and then he got married, and then came. They drove back to Toronto, uh-huh. and then they live in Toronto now, and had my two sisters on their side. Right. So yeah. Uh, did does he have any like big music accomplishments? Like what was it? What do you think is his biggest uh, his biggest like fucking hit or something? I feel like his like most fire song. It's this song called Mac and Thang. Mac and Thang. Mac and Thang by Renegade. Yeah, he recorded that when he was in Oakland. I think uh-huh. it's so fire. Is it on the internet? Yeah, it's on the internet. There you go. If you guys are listening, go look up uh, Mac Renegade Ma- Mac and Thang. Mac, it's so fire. Is it? Yeah. And so was it like dance hall? No, it's like it's like. West Coast sound with like a dancehall type vocal flow, like you know what I mean. Right. About what year was this that he's making this music? Probably ninety. I think it was before, a little after I was born. So maybe like nineteen ninety eight, something like. Okay. Yeah. 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 So like during peak bad it boy. It sounds era. like yeah, exactly. Right. Like it right. sounds like old. That's right. Yeah. Well, it sounds old to you. It probably sounds like what I was yeah. listening to in high school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a context. Yeah. Um, that's right. So you have music in your veins. Was your mom uh, m- musical as well? No, she like she likes music, but she never like really made music or anything. Right. Like, when they were together, like she'd always like she'd be with him when he was recording and stuff. She's always around music and stuff. Right. So that's what I guess that's what makes her so open minded to me doing it. Because right. when she was with my dad, he he was the exact same. So it wasn't something where you're around the house and it's just like island vibes on all day. I mean, it that like yeah, I feel like that's one of my inspirations actually because my mom would always play like in St. Lucia there's they listen to soca music you oh know? yeah I know it's soca. like really like fast like up tempo type you know like what I mean dance music with heavy Exa- like kind of um very like um, um spastic drums Exa- not spastic yeah but, like, dense drums exactly it's like all over the place I right. feel like that's like soca music's one of my biggest inspirations no shit yeah that's funny listening to your beats I, uh, you make your beats Ye- uh, some some of them yeah some of you, them I, I, I want to compliment you on your ear yeah. for beats I think like your ear for beats and your voice are like both super strong suits for for what you do thank and, you, and, but thank i would have never guessed that soca music was an inspiration yeah, i mean like not beats. not the actual music right. per se but i feel like the whole culture like they just they do stuff with nothing kind of like they right. don't really have that much to do back there you know what i mean so yeah. and they still make it sound good it's such a joyous music exactly soca. Yeah, yeah yeah it's just it's just the way they do. which is also kind of like counterintuitive to your music style because your mm. music I, I, you're uh, much happier in real life than i would have guessed listening yeah. to your music like yeah. it's very dark you know what i mean yeah that's just I feel like that's just the music side of me. That, just, all that dark stuff. In person, I'm not depressed. Like, people think I'm, like, depressing in real life right. and shit. Like, nah. 
that's just what you just like it's just emotional it exactly yeah right right um so latchkey kid you didn't you just played video games a lot did you have friends at school or what not really really i mean like in high school i had like three actual friends really yeah i didn't really i i stayed to myself like i didn't go anywhere were you a late bloomer or something like you're a big tall handsome I, dude bro man. like <laughs> no homo like <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just really stayed to myself. I was like always shy. Like I was always until I kind of until I graduated. I feel like music helped me like get out of that kind of because it got me like exposure and stuff. Right. And doing this, you're always around a lot of people. Right. So I feel like that helped me kind of. Well, it's so funny because I, I you know. It, when I it, it's instinctually sounds like oh he's talking about this person he used to be but this is only a couple of years ago because you're like fresh out of high school right mm, now mm. so you were like all the way shy up until just a couple of years ago exactly really <laughs> yeah bro was there a moment that like broke you out of your show you think I feel like it was my first show okay because like I always I always make this comparison like in school I'd hate doing like presentations and shit mm-hmm. but for some reason like when I get on stage like I just don't get that same feeling at all mm-hmm. and ever since then I figured like this is what actually like made me kind of get out of that whole shell type thing right so, yeah. where was that first show that was in Montreal it wasn't my show it was a DJ Smokey and Young Simi show oh yeah and that was one of the like opening acts and stuff did you like pay to play or did you get know somebody does somebody knew your music or i got something? like a hundred bucks right yeah okay yeah. it's funny because like they actually didn't show up yeah because they got in like some kind of car accident or something oh, no shit. so i had to be the headliner uh-huh. and it was my first show so i was so scared but then i got on stage wow. and then i was like hey this is like this is not this is fun and at, what what year was that 15 that was january of 2015 that's so recent january yeah that's so crazy and so had uh what was it? what's your big video called? The Dark one with, light. Yeah, was the, had that already been released? That was n- yes. Okay. I, I when I dropped Dark Light, I dropped the video at the same time. Okay. So that was already out, and then I dropped the album after that. Um, and then what is it? Uh, Concept Vague. Concept Vague. Yeah. I knew dropped it was something. Album vague. in yeah. December, and yeah. then I had my first show January. Wow! And so it started just rolling. Were people did did people show up and were already like familiar with the songs? Yeah, there was there was a few, more than a few people that already knew the lyrics and stuff. I was yeah. like, damn. I lost my voice in, like, two songs, though. Like, it was my right. first time performing. Right, so you're probably shouting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, people don't realize, like, you know, you got to, like, keep your keep your mouth calm or keep your voice calm exactly. while you're on, on stage. I know that now. Right, right. That's something you get. It takes a long time to learn sometimes. Exactly. Uh, wow. So what do you think what the difference was between doing a presentation in, in a high school class and being on stage in front of your people? I feel like in school when you do presentations, everyone's kind of, like, judging you because you're, like, showing your – you're showing your I mean you're showing your work performing too but in school it's more of like a social thing like mm-hmm. a social competition you mm-hmm. know what I mean yeah. I don't really fuck with like I just like show, like I like people to have fun mm-hmm. like enjoy like I like people to kind of like per- party with me I feel mm-hmm. like that's what a performance is like with music you know what I mean in like presentations in school it's kind of like they're trying to like find what you did wrong and you know what I mean right. it's just too I don't it feels for, more judgy exactly but when people show up to see you perform yeah, they're like, like they're, on your team already exactly yeah. exactly that's that's good uh, what has your favorite show been so far uh, probably my um, Ottawa show I had an Ottawa show in January yeah and like more kids than I would have thought ever would have come out and it was just like after that I was like wow what size venue it was uh, I think it was like 300 cap or something and we like filled it up and I I didn't know I was I thought like maybe like 80 kids would come or something and and when that happened I was like wow right you're like oh it's starting to work exactly isn't that a great feeling yeah um 
Okay, so then let's let's put this in some context then, because I feel like I didn't even realize things had happened for you this quick. I, I mean, I look obviously at the timeline of when the records come out, and two years seems like a long time, but it's not. It's not a long time. And so uh, the record comes out in December. Are you still in high school at that point? Yeah, so December I'm still in of 2014. High school at this point, so people like I kind of. It's funny. I kind of when I dropped that album, yeah. I didn't like to talk. I didn't want anyone from my school to kind of know like that I was doing that. You know right. what I mean? So I kind of kept like the whole Night Lavelle thing separate. Right. And then people started like <clears throat> finding out about it, and then it just became weird because like I was this really quiet kid, but like right. on one side I was just dropping music and stuff. So. Right. So no one was expecting it. Exactly. Exactly. Did teachers hear about it? No, they heard about it like after I graduated. Yeah. If they heard about it back then, it just would have been even weirder. Right. That would have been so like. Well, so how do you, how it, the first record is so polished. Like it sounds ready to go. Your sound is like ready. You know what I mean? Like it's presentable and it's a full package. So what's the development process for you? Like if you're secretly doing this behind everyone's back, like how does that even start? I, I have no, I have no idea. I just, my whole mentality was just to put out, put out music and then just i just re- i recorded it on like a usb mic like it was nothing like no you know way. what i mean like everything it was just fun to me really I just put it out yeah how are you getting the beats just through soundcloud and shit? that the dark light beat yeah. i made myself wow. and then some other beats what a great people, sample yeah i know yeah. <laughs> i know it was it was some indian like everyone asked me it was some indian sample i like found on youtube right. that i did not clear and i hope i never have to clear because that'll cost a lot of fun i money. mean knock on wood but I, i've I feel like you'll be fine. Yeah, I'll be good. Like it's pretty, it's pretty rare to yeah. like really get sued. And the sample is low key. Like right. it was like I think it was like a live performance, so it's not even like an actual recording. Like, you right, know I mean? right. Uh, there's. It reminded me of like this old fucking pop group called Enigma. Have you have you ever heard of them? <laughs> they have like weird. Um, like they. Ha- you've probably heard this one song where it's like this Native American singer going, "Oh yeah, <laughs> But they have a bunch of like weird random songs like that where they they use like um qu- like choral monks and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It has that kind of like strange dark vibe. Exactly. Um. <clears throat> so, well, then let's let's go back farther then. When do you actually start writing songs? I wrote my first song in English class in school. What, what then, year? Uh, twenty fifteen. Yeah, twenty fifteen. I was in English class. Twenty fifteen. Twenty was it? Twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. Okay. You're right. Twenty fourteen. So in English class, I like I made the beat, and then I'm like, so when I first decided to actually rap, I'm like, let me let me just write some shit to this. Made it in English class. Went home that day. Recorded it that day. Right. Like made the video the next day. Where did you get just, a mic from? You just had it. Uh. It was like, I think I got that at some like thrift store too, actually. Right. Yeah. My dad got my first MacBook. That's what made me like want to record in the first place. Right. And then I got the mic. It was like a hundred bucks. What programs did you bootleg? Uh, Ableton or? I had like GarageBand. GarageBand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I used GarageBand. So just the shit that. that was already installed. Exactly. On the yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. So you're telling me that the first songs you ever wrote were in 2014 and those are like the ones that are ending up on, on. Yeah. Ugh. That's so crazy. I, I don't you're, know how So you're happened. a real natural. <laughs> I um, guess you could say that. What it, who were you listening to beyond Soka? Because like, you you get grouped in with that with the new underground. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I listen to all the underground. I listen to Chris right. Travis, okay. Xavier, Bones, everyone. Like, yeah. Chris Travis is the homie. Like He always supported me and stuff. Chris Travis is a great dude. I still send him beats. Yeah. Uh, Xavier Wolf, he's sick. I remember Chris Travis, came, Chris Travis and Xavier came to a show in Ottawa. Yeah. There weren't that many people. It was probably like 20 people in the crowd or something. Uh-huh. But that's when, I don't know if you know the song, uh, 
what's it called? Memphis to LA by yeah. Chris Travis. Uh-huh. That beat, I produced it. So when he came to Ottawa and he performed that song, he kind of like brought me out and like the crowd like went crazy. Really? It was so fun. Yeah. What was that I, last year? That was, no, that was like, uh, it was maybe early 2014 actually oh, oh, when they wow. came. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you were, you had already started dabbling into making beats before yeah, you way, started. Yeah. I, yeah. Way before rapping and stuff. Really? I was, yeah. I was making beats. Um, how, what, what year did you start making beats? I made, started making beats in summer of t- 2013, I think. So you're into like... Into 2014, and then it slowly started turning into... So what, you're like 15, 16 at the time? Exactly, yeah. 16, around right. that, yeah. Right. And so you, how did you, how did you um, start finding out yeah. about the underground dudes that you listen to? How did you find out about Sesh, Hollow Sesh, Water Boys? I would and, like... Okay, so when I make beats, yeah. um, when I uploaded them, yeah. like the following of people and the people I linked up with kind of just brought me into that whole underground thing. You know what I mean? And so as you, I got oh, so more into it... you started making stuff and then people were like, oh, you should check out these yeah, guys. Exactly. Really? And as I got more into it, then I found out about everyone and yeah. just kind of... What rap music was influencing you before you found that stuff? Uh, I don't really know. I didn't really listen to a lot of... Really? Yeah. So it was just like you just lucked out and stumbled upon like the most appropriate yeah. modern sound. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. That must just be like... That just must be the sound of millennials, yeah. dog. The sound <laughs> of the generation. Like every, you just so. stumbled upon it. That's so tight. Um, so your first song that you record, how do you feel after you're done making okay, it I like dark f- light okay it was my first song that i put out my yeah. first song that i actually recorded is fucking horrible really it's still on my youtube but like i hope no one ever leaks that shit because it's so bad Wait, if it's still on your youtube why don't you take it down? it's private it's private oh, okay. it's a it's private <laughs> it's private it's it's so bad like really but yeah and then after that i recorded dark light and then i put that out dark light's your second song ever yeah Man, fuck you. That's crazy. I can't believe that. Yeah. And so, okay, so you have that song. Who do you show it to? I showed it to my dad first. And what did he say? He said, put it out. I showed it to my friend. I showed, like, half of it to my friend. He said, put this out. So, like, just be, I mean, just because my dad said put it out, that alone just wanted me to put it out. Put it out the next day. Shot the video with an iPhone camera. Like You shot that with an iPhone camera? Yeah. Who shot it? My uh, my friends, my two friends, my right. best friends. Right. We shot it in like the forest and then put it. I edited right. the same night, put it out the next day. That's it was crazy. Just like, I mean, okay, so for those of you guys listening who at, who are new to Night Lavelle, look up the Dark Light video. I mean, it's basically, it's a black and white video in the woods. Looks like you guys had one light, probably like a fucking flashlight yeah, or a flashlight spotlight or something. on the phone. Is it a, it's the flashlight on the phone. It looks basically like a Blair Witch Project, kind yeah. of. You know what I mean? Like, it's that. But at the same time, it has like, what, three million views or something? Yeah, something like that. I, mean, I, it's mean, got, I haven't checked in a it's while. It's got an, an, an enormous amount of views, yeah. and it's like... Uh, it's an earworm it's instantly like the 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 sample is stuck in your head instantly yeah, yeah, like it's yeah, a gr- yeah. like so anyway that's insane to me that's your second song ever yeah. and they, it just happened accidentally but that yeah. just kind of goes to show that uh the best things happen by accident a lot yeah, of times yeah. like it, it's almost like you can't plan out a hit can't you can't right it doesn't work that way so if you, you put it out the next day does it catch on immediately uh yeah so it catches on immediately it didn't really start like bl- like blowing up right away it, i mean it got some like recognition and stuff like people would retweet it right but like a month after that's when it started actually like just going up is that when like blogs caught on to it Ex- yeah not yeah, a yeah. lot of blogs have really written about you i think no. I, I feel like i'm kind of like unknown like not many people know about me really. but at the same time your own personal social media is like astounding like yeah. you got a a lot of 
Instagram, Twitter, everything, yeah. but really your SoundCloud, you have a, over a hundred thousand SoundCloud followers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So that's like your, that's like, people forget that so SoundCloud is a social media. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like real. it's not just a place to post music. It's a really a social media. Exactly. Um, so what blogs start picking up on it first? Um, I mean like the first real pigeons and planes posted the album yeah. like the day after i dropped it it's this guy named joe price he's been holding me down for so long he's the writer uh, yeah yeah ever since i dropped the album anything i dropped they just post it nice post it and then recently like ill roots kind of yeah that's like more recently though like right with more like exposure and stuff but yeah it's funny that you say ill roots because when i saw the picture of uh what's your homie with the blue hair uh, oh, Wasim. With Wasim. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a picture of you guys together. I'm like, oh, is he hanging out with Uzi? <laughs> I, like, I thought it was Uzi. <laughs> bro, everyone's calling him Uzi, bro. <laughs> I really thought, yeah, in pictures, he looks just like <laughs> him. <laughs> there. Hey, no shots, no shade. <laughs> but yeah, so I was like, oh, he must know the Ill Roots guys. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, no, that's not Gabe. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyhow, um, yeah, that's what's really kind of crazy to me about um, the new underground scene. Yeah. And I refer to it as the new <clears throat> underground because a, a lot of youngsters forget that there has been like other underground scenes. This is like the second or third coming in it. But now this modern underground, like you can be legitimately famous with like next to no press. Yep. Yep. Like you just, guys you just, all you got to do is put out the material. That's right. what's most important. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's no... I mean, like, promo and stuff, that comes with, like, labels, I guess. But as long as you have material, like, and you're, like, people like it, just that alone can put you in a place. It's really a lot. It's really word of mouth. Like, it's all word of mouth almost. Because trying to Google about you, you come up with next to nothing as far as, like, outside interviews or press or, you know what I mean, articles. It's just little blurbs like, oh, here, he released something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um are i'm oh man that's so crazy to me I and mean, it's really rad um how have the shows been going since you've been on tour in the states are like they they've been good santa Ana is fucking wild bro yeah. like i did not think it would be that wild you played the um observatory yeah like so the, the, constellation. the constellation yeah room. it was it was wild yeah that's like 450 or 500 cap or something yeah, like that. yeah yeah it was packed uh yeah 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 i think we sold it out i think i saw I yeah i saw somebody left with like a bloody eye or something yeah that was yesterday la oh that yeah, was in some LA. kid got a bloody eye oh, so in, the, the, in the mosh pit that was the Globo show? Yeah, that was sick too. That was sick yeah. too. Really? Where do you guys head next? Uh, we're going to uh, Michigan, Pontiac, Michigan. I think yeah. it's like close. It's like Detroit, basically, uh-huh. I think. We go there in like six days, though, so we have time. You have time off. Yeah. Okay, so how long from after um, uh, Dark Light was it where you're like, okay, I need to finish something and, and put it out? Like a, a whole project. Oh, um, so I put out Dark Light. It got like a hundred views and that alone just motivated me to like keep recording. So I recorded like another one the next day. Yeah. And then two days after that, another one. I just kept going. People started sending me beats. Yeah. I dropped Trees of the Valley. So then people started sending me more beats, blah, blah, blah. And then I came up with the album in like three months, four months, maybe. That quick. Yeah. And, um, and did people on SoundCloud start catching on to the album really fast? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was cool. One thing that I really like about your SoundCloud is it's so easy to like scour through. I think a lot of people's SoundClouds are so fucking unorganized organized and crazy and yeah. yours is like if you just go to the place you got your albums there it's they're right their there. own playlist and it's like <laughs> so easy to digest yeah. and, but also um the music is like very easy to like kind of palette and understand yeah and and, and uh I, where do you see yourself going with it because i almost feel like you have you have this real kind of like 
outside of the underground marketability. Yeah. Uh, a lot of your songs have almost like a fucking goth DJ mustard bounce yeah. or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, of course. Right? I mean, like, wherever, I kind of just go with wherever I feel I should. Like, people, like, with my new album, what, like, my, my main goal was to kind of, like, show people what I can also do. And I'm lucky I have the type of fans that just, like, kind of ride with me wherever right. I go type shit. Right. So, yeah, I mean, like, I always, my mind is always changing and my inspirations and stuff. So I really don't know where I'm going to go, like, in the future. But That's kind of one of these topics that I've been um, borderline obsessed with lately is, like, how um, fans react to people's music and how it affects the artistry now that fans are have so much access to yeah. the artist, right? So you're in this scene... That that's like thrive, like thrives and loves the fact that these artists are quote unquote underground, yeah. even though hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people know about you, like it is considered underground because the mainstream press does not cover it. Exactly. Right. Um, do you get fans that are like already telling you like, Hey man, don't fucking sell out. Don't go mainstream. Like, yeah, keep it underground. I feel like that's like a fan's job though. Like, you know what I mean? To not want like. They just love you so much that they don't want you to, like, blow up and then right. they feel like it's going to ruin your, you know what I mean? Right. And in some cases it does, but. Were you ever that type of fan for anybody? Uh, nah. Yeah. I feel like whatever, if you if you really, like, support your artists, wherever they go, you just follow them. And right. It doesn't, you don't need to like the music, but that doesn't mean you don't support them. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Because I'm always from that angle of, like, man, if you love something, let them get yeah, that let fucking do it. paper. You gotta you know be like, I mean? a, like, like a mom or something. Like, right. You, them... you can't be mad at your yeah. favorite artist if they write a radio. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, touring Canada, did you start that after, um, after, what is it capture, Caption Vague? Cap, uh, concept Vague. Concept Vague, vague. I'm yeah. sorry. I keep forgetting the first C word. All right, so Concept Vague, after that comes out, do you go on Toronto tours? So I did the or, Montreal or, show, yeah. and then after that, I had like a little Toronto show, and those are the only two shows I did in Canada. Then I had the Ottawa show, like in 2015 january yeah. i've never toured i've never been to vancouver i've never been to like in calgary or anything but th really? those are the only only three shows i had but there's a little we have like a little short canadian run at the end of this tour so that's going to be my first like actual canadian tour really we got ottawa toronto vancouver montreal yeah so. have you guys taken advantage of the um uh the grants that you can get in canada yeah. as an artist oh yeah of course of course tell me about that how does that work because american artists should all be so jealous of this yeah so tell me about these i mean like <sighs> Canada's a different place when it comes to music, bro. Like every you're if you're it's it's a, it's a hard topic. If you're from Canada, yeah. There since there's not that many artists, yeah. you get a lot of support. Like it's more than like some Canadian artists when they come to America, they they feel like they're going to get more support in America, but they don't. Right. So that's why it's kind of easier to I feel like it's easier in a sense to get love in Canada, but marketability is different because there's obviously not as many people right. but yeah i don't know it's it's a it's yeah a, like going platinum over there is exactly. probably less records or something like exactly that. Right. like so, unless you're drake obviously oh but, right yeah exactly um so do you think that a lot do you, i, I want to do this without throwing shade at canadian artists or like showing opinion at, at canadian artists but do you think that some canadian artists like rest on their laurels and, laurels and just get comfortable like staying and thriving in canada um I mean, y yes and no. Like, if I, I feel like, okay, everyone could do whatever they want, but right. if you want to be a true, there's artists that want that, that'll make music and just get comfortable, but yeah. some, like, if you want to be an actual worldwide, like, 
if you want to become something worldwide, then right. you can't just stay in Canada. Uh-huh. I feel like Drake, like Drake's doing a great job. Like he's all over the place. Like he's one of the most like, if not the most known rapper right now. Like he's he's doing it. He's doing it good. There's some artists that just like feel like they can stay in Canada and. I don't know. If it works for them, they could do it. But me personally, like, as much as I love Canada, I want to become, like, a worldwide artist and not just a Canada artist. You feel me? Like, right. Yeah. Right. Um, so, t- like, well, so tell me about the grants. Like, what are the grants that you can apply for? Like, how does it work? What is that? Like, how does Canada support its artistry? Oh, I know gra- that, like, grants, like, money and yeah, stuff? Yeah, like, like, money grants. Uh, Have you gotten any of those? No. Nah, oh, nah, okay. Nah. So I hear about, like, rappers that get, the, like, sometimes the Canadian government, if you, like, apply for it, they'll give, like, $20,000 grants to, like, film a music video and shit like that. Have you heard of that? I've heard of labels giving no, you that No, dog. The government will do it, I Canadian swear. government? I don't... You and Jonathan got to look that up, bro. <laughs> I swear to God. Maybe, I... maybe he's told me about that before. And I'm just like I didn't even. I have multiple artist friends that have gotten grants from the Canadian government. Where it's just are they a, Canadian? Or yeah, they, Canadian. Wow. They're, they 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 support the government supports the artistry to a point where like okay if you show that this is like uh, um, Canadian art with value like they will support it and it's like oh you want to make a music video See, boom I, here's, I, feel, here's I a, feel like they wouldn't think my music's Canadian. With, nah, I'm talking rappers feel, have done it. Oh, I know okay. rappers that have done it. Who who has done it like? I'll t- well, I'll tell you off air because, yeah. like, uh, you know, there's no uh, reason to call them out if I'm yeah, wrong. Yeah. But I know that people have gotten them, and I know that, like, the government will yeah, help yeah, you, dog. Yeah. You just got to put the same okay, way that you did that visa, bro. That. Same way you did that visa. Facts. You could, like, actually make the Blair Witch movie that way. <laughs> Rather than just with your iPhone, dog. Facts, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, how long was it until you started working on um, Red Teenage Melody? So, I dropped Concept Vague, uh, when, when was it again? December 2014. 2014. Yeah. So, I started, I mean, I dropped Still Cold, like the song mm-hmm. in February. I was working on little, like some songs, but I didn't have any particular inspiration to work on another album in like in that kind of time frame mm-hmm. until like early this year. That's when I kind of started work- working on Red Teenage Melody. Mm-hmm. But like, which when came I, out what like four or five months ago? June, in June. In June. So, yeah. so it's really recent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't know. Um, it took me like. It took me like fairly the same amount of time to make red, like four months, five months. Yeah. yeah. And I just put still cold on there. So yeah, yeah. How, man, how good does it feel right now to just be like so inspired? I, being 19 was like the time in my life when I was like most inspired and like, you can't help but write. You just want to write all the time. Exactly. Is that where you're going? Yeah, through? exactly. Right. And wh- what are the things, like, what are the themes that you like writing about? Um, see, I feel like that's what, um, I taught like in the in the title like for concept vague mm-hmm. I was since I was kind of like a to myself kid that didn't do anything and kind of stayed home mm-hmm. I didn't really have any particular particular stories to talk about you know what I mean it was kind of just making music right. type thing right. that's why I named it concept vague cuz there's no true meaning right. but I feel like with red teenage melody like I have more like backstories like whether it's like I don't know breakups or right. just people trying to fuck with me or some shit like that but yeah I, I don't know I like talking about I like talking about recent recent stories that happened to me mm-hmm. cuz they like affect me the most mm-hmm. and that's just what comes out but they are kind of vague in that like they're all kind of like coded and yeah they could exactly. be interpreted it's never like want. straight up like right. that's just i don't know it's kind right. of corny to me you're to never on some like about, i went to the store today yeah, and like, this happened nah, hell no right <laughs> it's very um i mean it's like i don't know darkly poetic mm-hmm. it's like coded kind it's of it's like a poem yeah there you go um so did your social stock start rising after concept vague comes out it, yeah okay ish i mean like it took it took a i mean locally like at school no, 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 it yeah. did not. No one knew about that. Until, I want to hear about that. Yeah. No one knew about Concept Vague at all. Like f- 
four, three, three, four, five months after no one knew about it, for some reason, I don't know why, when I was graduating, it started picking up. And I don't understand why, because it was so late after I dropped the album. Right. So then it you started You graduated picking, in what, 15? 2015, okay, yeah. yeah. So for some reason, it just started picking up around there. More people in Ottawa kind of knew me. Yeah. And I started working on Red Teenage Melody. And after I dropped that, then that just like changed everything. And so how does it change? Like, did you have to like throw out your video game system because you <laughs> had you, like too many girls knocking at the door or what? <laughs> no, I'm keeping my video game system <laughs> yeah. forever. Bro. I'll never not be a gamer. <laughs> but yeah, it changed in the sense like, I don't know, more people in the city. Like I walk around and people are like, yo, Lavelle, what's good and stuff. Yeah, yeah it, it feels good. It feels good. People yeah. support me. They, The kids in the city love, like they love that shit. Like they just want to, they need someone to look up to. Like, you know what I mean? They, don't, right. they haven't really had that. Did you end up being prom king or anything? No. <laughs> I, bro, I did not go to my prom. Why not? I have no idea. I skipped my prom. I don't know everyone. I don't. I felt like I didn't want to go for some reason. As a sign of rebellion, or just as a like whatever. It's. I don't know. It's just like, it's just too much. Like yeah. dressing up to go and like, I don't. I didn't even like any of the girls in my school, bro. Like I don't want to take them to prom. That's so funny. What a. <laughs> Man, what's high school like right now? In the I, I, like, I'm so far removed from it. Like, is it uh, is it still like fucking teen movies, or is it uh, is everything more PC now, or something? Like, what what's going on in high school? Tell me about as somebody who just got out of high school. I don't know. When I was in high school, it was like um, I feel like like back in the maybe when you went to high school, yeah. it was more like. Um, like there's like groups well see that's the thing it's not it wasn't really like that when i graduated right. like, everyone talks to each other and like, you know not- i graduated in 99 okay and so and i always tell people that too i'm like my school and maybe it was just a small town thing but my school was not as clicky as yeah. it is in movies yeah, i yeah. almost feel like that i whole, feel like movies exaggerated right. that's in like the, sense. this like, movie trope of like jocks and nerds and yeah. fucking whatever like everybody was all kind of everything yeah exactly is that yeah. how your school was yeah too? exactly yeah what there's are people into like, in ottawa um hockey yeah uh was your hockey team super competitive we didn't even have a do we have a yes we did have a hockey team and we yeah they were really competitive hockey um skating like ottawa's a very like canadian city like you know what i mean toronto's more like an internet like if you come like there's a bit of everything yeah but ottawa since it's the capital it's really like canadian like really centered yeah when you say skating like skateboarding skating like ice skating oh, like, like yeah, ice yeah, skating yeah, yeah that's popular there. yeah wow yeah, that's yeah. tight uh, <laughs> Yeah. What do people do in the summer? Uh, Hunting and shit. I mean, they since we since our summers like kind of short, mm-hmm. people enjoy the summer a lot. Like everyone's at like the beach. Mm-hmm. They say the beach, but in Ottawa, there's no beach. It's just like sand next to water. Yeah, but, right. yeah, like like a lake. yeah, exactly. But yeah, every like we enjoy. Like we take we we try to enjoy the summer as much as we can. Yeah, and it gets really hot. Like there's no in between. Like it's either really cold or really hot in the summer. Right. Yeah. What's the what's Ottawa like sociologically and like the ethnic diversity and stuff like that? Is it pretty diverse? Or yeah, of course. Is it? I feel like everywhere in Canada, Canada is pretty diverse. Really? Because it's more like an like an immigrant type. Like you know, what I mean, a lot of people move there. To, yeah. So yeah, it's it's really diverse. Really as a, diverse. As a Canadian, seeing what's happening in our fucking election, what does that look like from now? I feel like a lot of if if Trump wins, a lot of you guys are gonna start moving to our country. <laughs> I've heard people say it already. Right. Yeah. But, I made this joke saying that if Trump wins, I'm never doing an American tour. But obviously, I was joking. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
<laughs> but I don't know, man. He's like, he has like what half the vote. I don't know. You could tell me. Like, uh, the votes half- are, uh, yeah, pretty much the votes here are always like down the middle, half yeah. and half. Like even the last election, Obama only won by like three percentage points or something. And it's like, he's been such a great president mm-hmm. in my eyes personally. Mm-hmm. But yeah, our country is very fucking divided. You, the funny thing about it, if everybody wants to like move to Canada, if Trump wins, is that the big difference between our country and your country is that Canada would probably be welcoming to immigrants, whereas America's like, our big debate is about immigrants. <laughs> exactly. Like, we exactly. never learned the lesson that it's like bad if you kick immigrants out. It fucking, it destroys the economy. And then it just eventually you have a big wave of welcoming immigrants again. And then yeah. Zion falls again and it keeps happening and happening like the fucking Matrix movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, all right. Sorry to get political. <laughs> Um, so yeah, what's, uh, ha- have you been happy with the rap life? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. I and mean, it's kind of straight. It's kind of retarded sometimes. Like, how so? Some, I don't know. Some people in the, like, there's just some people that just like, some people just have like, they, I mean, it's good to be confident, yeah. but there's some people that are just too, like, you have to be like reason, like reasonable. Some people are delusional. Time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's oh, good yeah. to be confident, but some people, they just try to bring, like they just try to act like they're above you right. and i don't really like fuck with that like it's just like bro like do your shit i'll do my shit like yeah your confidence is cool but don't don't try to make it seem like you've worked harder than i have to get to right. like you know what i mean that's just right. retarded but other than that it's fun like it's right fun. do you have do you um do you ever deal with like old heads being fucking sour all, at you and shit all the time yeah. and ottawa is the biggest okay so ottawa's a <clears throat> i want i want to talk about this ottawa's like Go a in. it's like a like a a government like run city where there's a whole bunch of like you know what i mean so when it comes to shows and stuff like i can't really i'm limited because if i want to have it at a certain venue they'll try to make it like 19 plus and 19 plus here and shit like that yeah but like what they don't realize is that most of my fan base are kids you know what i mean and because like they're kind of older and i mean i'm not gonna like bash them but they weren't they didn't grow up in the same type of you know what i mean right so i'm kind of limited in a sense being from ottawa there's no all ages venue no there is but it's just it's like a hassle to find and it's like sometimes to make it all ages i have to make like a get like a smaller venue and shit like like you know there's not as much freedom so i feel like because of that it makes like I'm giving, like, the kids in Ottawa a sense of, like, no rules type of thing when they come to the shows and stuff. So they can, like, have fun for the night and for the two hours before they have to, like, go home and stress about school and shit like that. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, because you are dealing with a generation of venue owners who, like, aren't used to the fact that there are, like, mosh pits at every rap show. Exactly. And I feel like in Ottawa it's worse because there's never been an artist from Ottawa that, like, attracts, like, a whole bunch of kids that want to do – you know what I mean? Yeah. So it kind of just – they don't understand that really. Right. I I wonder about that from, like, smaller cities. Not that it's a small city, but, like, Mm. uh, if that kind of underground um, scene where it's, like – mosh pits are expected that's like not a novelty at a rap show now like it that's must happen exactly do, do those kind of shows make it up to ottawa uh yeah sometimes yeah yeah i mean like because ottawa as small as it is yeah the shows are really good because no one goes like you know what i mean like yeah. when someone comes everyone's it's there it's sold out if it's not sold out it's almost sold out but right yeah the shows are like i can say one thing about ottawa is the shows like whenever someone comes like we'll hold them down right. whoever it is so so once you got once it became established that you're part of the new underground scene like were you uh, or like did you realize or, or learn about ottawa that there's a huge underground scene there I mean, a lot of kids that are fans of it. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's coming more into the light now right. because everyone, as as like music, I feel like with what I'm trying to do, uh-huh. it's kind of 
opening. People are getting more comfortable now. So then they're, you know, even more people are starting to make music now. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. changing in general. Everything's right. just becoming more like right. mature. Well, and whatever it happens when somebody like from a town blows, starts blowing up, then it's like people go, oh, wait, I can do this yeah, too. Exactly. And that's, that's what I want people like. That's why I want kids to like feel like they can do it too. Like right, if right. I can do it, they can do it too. Right. And that's what just brings everyone up together. And then it's just like a... Amen. Yeah. Let's talk um, briefly about your team, and then we'll get and then we'll get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so tell me, you rolled up with a big clique of guys. So like, what is everybody's role? And DJ, this guy with the red hat, Shaquille. Yeah. The guy that looks like Uzi Wasim, yeah. photographer. Okay. My boy over there, Namix. I just brought him because I wanted to bring him. Okay. Marv, he's my boy, and he helps drive the mm-hmm. Sprinter van because we got a Sprinter van. Right. Jonathan, manager. Okay. And so how how did you start um, meeting everyone? Well, I know how you met Jonathan online. Yeah, but yeah. All the other guys, did you grow up with them or what? Uh, Namix over there, I grew up with him. He's like one of my best friends. Yeah. Like, I, I've known him since like grade four. Like right. Grade four, grade five. But so he's like probably good at Call of Duty too. <laughs> He's he's not he's good at video games too. He's more like a like a UFC oh. or like WWE type type of guy. Okay, like he okay. likes those types of games. Okay, Shaq. I met him. Um, when did I meet Shaq? I met him like probably like three two years ago actually, like right. recent. Right. And then he was. We were. I met him because we both produced. Uh huh. And then I started rapping, and then he liked to DJ. So he's like, "Why don't you just?" Well, I'm like, "Why don't you just like be my DJ?" And he's like, "Yeah, let's do it." And okay. We just started that. Yeah. Uh, Marv, I met. I forgot where I met Marv, but I met him at some like party, uh-huh. and he just like held me down ever since then. Like, uh-huh. That's my that's my boy for sure. With him, I've known for like two years too. Uh-huh. I always knew he was a photographer. Right. So yeah, I told him to come with, come with us on the tour. He was down. Nice. And so, uh, is it something where like as things started to move quickly, you realized the power in numbers and that you needed to like find a team around you, or did it just kind of happen naturally? I, I feel like naturally, and like I kind of just want to bring my friends with me to right. have fun, and you know what I mean, like because some like I don't know, like I don't want like my friends like to be like stuck in Ottawa and not, you know what I mean? I want them to see like live, the, live yeah. what you're living. Exactly. Like a shared yeah. experience. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I think we did it. What, yeah, what yeah. are you working on now? I am working on a collab EP with Masoji. You know who Masoji is? I don't. He's a producer. He's from, he's based in London, but he's, he lives in Dubai too. He's all over the place, but we're going to make like some collab EP type shit. Sick. And then I'm working on songs right now. I'm, I don't know any, like, there's no thoughts of an album in place, but right. I'm going to, I have a whole bunch of unreleased shit. So it's just curating a playlist or some shit. And you've been stepping up with the videos, yeah. like uh, the new videos. Yeah, Contraband video. Yeah. Real, like, uh, high production value Yeah, it's a big jump. Right, right. <laughs> you have plans jump. for more videos? Yeah, of course, of yeah. course, of course. All right, man. Well, yeah. shit. Knight Lavelle, I, this is your, your good kid, strong head on your shoulders. I, Thank I'm you, looking forward to a lot of good music. I'm a fan. Thank uh, you, bro. If you guys want to check him out, where can they find you online? You can find me Twitter at Knight Lavelle, Instagram at Knight Lavelle, SoundCloud, Knight underscore Lavelle or some but shit. But you can just search Knight Lavelle or you SoundCloud could just and it pops me. right up. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Knight Lavelle is N-I-G-H-T-L-O-V-E-L-L. Check out the Dark Light video. That was the thing that like got me hooked on it. The the new the new record, Red Teenage Melody, excellent, really good. Um, so yeah, man, thank you. I appreciate thank it. Thank you, bro. Yeah, uh, you guys can fi- follow me. Uh, 
Lee, some of you guys might know me as Intuition, at It's Intuition. You can follow my man behind the boards, Ben Shin, making the shit sound buttery, at I Am Database, based with two S's. Follow us as a unit, at Kinda Neat, uh, where I'm going to post the, what song are we doing, Contraband? Contraband, yeah. Yeah, so I'll post a Contraband video on Twitter, but you will also find the Contraband video on YouTube.com slash Kinda Neat. Hell yeah. Uh, subscribe to us on the podcast app, search for Kinda Neat, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. You could listen on your phone every week, and you know that if you're already listening every week, maybe Make sure to go to patreon.com slash kind of neat so we can keep the show ad free like we do. And you help us keep the lights on around here by pledging $1 per episode. That's four bucks a month. That's like buying me a coffee because y'all know that I don't drink. Uh, so yeah, buy me a coffee every month by going to patreon.com slash kind of neat. Other than that, dude, I think we did it. This was Knight Lavelle. My name is Lee and this was officially kind of neat. Kind of neat.